A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanew. And today we are joined by a very special guest. They are the literal future of astrology. Uh, <laughs> if you are not following them on Twitter, are you even on Astro Twitter? Uh, class of MIT, class of 2024. 20, I don't even, that's how old I am. I like don't even know how to say schools anymore. <laughs> uh, traditional astrologer, please welcome our very special guest, Dion. Hi, thank you for that really uh, <laughs> Fantastic introduction. I feel a little gas right now. <laughs> yes, that's, that's why you come on. It we love gassing up. Oh, and when Ju- and Julia's great. It's like a the wrestling ring announcer. The Sagittarians really could lend to like six time national champion. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just the booming, blowing things a tiny bit out of proportion. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I think I think I'm right in in proportion. Okay, I don't think I said anything out of out of uh, out of pocket. Mm-hmm. I think this is all just straight, 
a lot of this is just straight reading, reading from a uh, screen, you know, so I'm not taking a lot of liberties here, Dion. I think, I think uh, you, yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I'm like, right away. I'm like, let me talk about myself. I just had a read. I just had a reading where we talked about my Chiron, I'm Chiron and Gemini in the ninth house. So I am, I'm feeling very vulnerable with you in the best possible ways that I'm like, oh, this is a, a real teacher here for us today. Because I'm looking at this MIT class of 24, where all I've dropped out of college like four times. Uh, all, all of these things. You're young. You're very smart. I I am ready to be to be opened and and taught right now. Yeah, sure. I'll teach you as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> I love no your plants. This is the most tourist thing. But what kind of plant is that behind you? Um, it's it's not real. So oh, okay. <laughs> the who owned this Hell yeah. my dad, they left a lot of the furniture and um I don't think my dad cared enough to uh do anything with it. So oh, I had a conference and I tried to arrange it so it looks like I had a nicer house than I actually do. So it's <laughs> some hanging plastic plate. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks real. That's a good trick. Yeah. Here I am yeah. on Twitter, on Discord being like, Help, how do I save my plants? This is doing the trick for me right now. Like this aesthetically works. My bathroom are fake. Oh because yeah, I can't, they always die in there. I don't know why. I just lost one a, a soldier this morning. Might be that, but I mean, I have real plants that are doing pretty good. It's just they're outside and not nearly as pretty as the fake ones. It's, <laughs> we've we were talking about that recently. They just have to be outside for the most. Like yeah. real plants love the outdoors. Who knew? Well, that's, I said something, I said something, Stevie got a, uh, I hope I'm not <laughs> blowing up your spot. Stevie got a weed plant for her birthday. I was there when it was it's like being well. delivered. Well, and I was talking to my boyfriend about it and I was like, oh, well, I got a weed plant. I was like, I don't know. I'd be nervous because it sounds like it's like really difficult. And he's like, no, weed grows like like a weed. anywhere. It's a weed. <laughs> out, yeah, outside. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess the reason why it's so like tricky is because we're growing it in secret in these like big indoor yeah. things where it's not meant to be grown. And that's why you need all of the stuff. But if they're outside, they're kind of, plants really well, just kind of do I mean, their thing. <laughs> I don't know. I used to work yeah. in weed and outdoor is definitely more, I mean, it's, it gets dry, like the nugs mm. get dry, and that can be really tough on your potency. Also, bugs are a real issue outside. Bugs. So that's why all the hydroponic stuff is, like, so big, because it grows, it's humid, dang bugs, you know, and um, no spiders. I mean, I yeah. my string of pearl succulent that I'm pretty sure is Oh, pretty string much, of pearls is tricky. It's what? one foot out the door right now, and I there are little bugs in there. I saw today. I don't know who they are, where they came. He's right here. What do we? You do? got string of pearls is one that you really gotta leave leave I alone. I think I fucked with it too much early up top. And also my my weed plant is looking good, but it's not like it just looks like a decorative seventies weed plant. Like there's no nuggets for me. Like it's just yes. it's just weed yes. leaves. Oh yes, yeah. I'll keep it's going. It's like there for show at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It looks cool, but it's like not. Uh, useful. It's just useful. like it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I don't. Know, Virgo season started today, so maybe I'll see. So maybe I'll harvest up. Maybe I'll reap what I sow. But it's. I think I also need to commit a little more. I think it needs a stick. I think it needs to be wrapped up. It, it's at a good place, but oh, it's yeah. also not really progressing. It's just kind of stable. 
But also, like, that's, yeah, that's and- cool. I can work with stable. <laughs> they do seem kind of hard, because my dad, like, um, I told him, because what's been helping me, like, with routines and stuff, because funny enough, we both have ADHD, so that's uh, been interesting to live together now. But uh, <laughs> I've been gardening, like, tending to my plants, so I'm like, hey, it might help you to, like, get out of the house and, like, have a little, like, morning routine thing if you had, like, a plant. And he's like, yeah, you know. Uh, I have friends who sell seeds. Like he was definitely talking about growing weed. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess you can do that. <laughs> and um, so I googled it and I found like all these different kind of like rules for it, where you have to like check the pH level of the water and you have to like put it in the bag and like just it's it seems so finicky. I'm like, he's gonna kill it um, in like three days. <laughs> like, let me not even try. But it just seems like so much more difficult than it should be for other plants. They put so <laughs> many chemicals. Like, it's just, that's what they do to get it to, like, grow, grow, nug, nug. Like, yeah, it's, the crystals. It, we all and, think, like, all we all think it's natural, but it's, like, there was so many, like, buckets of chemicals everywhere where I worked. It's uh, not. Well, <laughs> that's, like, old weed. Like, back back in my day, when you'd get some <laughs> swag weed, you're oh, like, yeah. oh, that makes sense that that's what grew off of this plant. Like, it looks, like, a little bit, like, goose shit that like got collected in like a wet field or something like like the weed now is like it looks like it like it's almost like crystals nowadays too right like oh some of these crystals you're like wow this is so pretty it's like oh yeah because it's lab made like it's not it wasn't chipped out of a a a well which is probably good too because there's issues with that obviously at hand so it's like also like farm raised fish like i think i think everything is now like the jury is still figuring out what is ethical and safe and what is, I don't know. Like, I feel like I hear the argument on every direction for like, like a farm raised fish, like a lab made crystal, like your lab made weed or whatever. Like there's pros and cons. It seems like to both. Ideally, I, I guess say, it just be all sustainable across the board, but with farm raised fish, I know that it's better for the environment, but shrimp, you just got to eat it from the ocean. Really? It's just gotta be wild caught. I, it's mushy and I can't have it. Smushy. It's mushy, like mushy shrimp. Ew. Whoa. Um, anyway, that's my also, take. Tilapia freaks me out. I'm not a big fan of tilapia just because I heard like some like I don't know if it was a rumor or how true it was. <laughs> they say like they feed til- like tilapia basically like pig shit. Like oh. and they're not real fish. It's probably some like Twitter rumor thing, but like once I no. saw that and the vegans were going hard, like tilapia is like apparently you only really find it farm raised, like it isn't in the wild period. So tilapia is it always makes, yeah, because it, it, I mean, that sense. makes sense to me. Also, yeah. it's not a great fish anyway. Well, I'm I, ready to I let feel it like go. tilapia. I'm not saying that tilapia like just was invented, but I do <laughs> feel like I do feel like tilapia had a moment, and this is big diet culture stuff but it was like a uh like a weight watchers tilapia resurgence kind of thing where it was like a what a zero point food and like low carb craze thing because we really were not talking about tilapia before that okay tilapia is so, so funny you mentioned tilapia <laughs> tilapia is a big fight in my household not that i'm very pro tilapia but my very high-end leo lover is anti-tilapia to like the greatest end and it makes sense to be aware of tilapia because it is so frequently found when you're getting your fried up fish and when you're getting like there's a reason you can get that in bulk right like Mm -hmm. that's the thing I think to remember is like if it's so easy and cheap to get in bulk it's like the fast fashion fish 
Yes. Of Forever now. 21, Forever Tilapia 1. Forever 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I'm pretty spoiled, like, being from New England, because um, I live, like, probably, like, 20 minutes, half an hour from the ocean. Like, all the seafood here is, like, wild cotton. Like, pretty, like, exceptional. So, like, tilapia was not even, like, on my radar until I moved to Indiana, where there's no water. Oh, <laughs> So you're, you're digging the seafood. Seafood is, like, a, like, I, this is safe space of, like, yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm very pro-seafood, but what? also very pro-New England in general. So seafood comes with that. What are, what is, Con like. They are trying to move to the East Coast. Yeah. Not, not actively, but um, are you still in Jersey? Um, I, okay, so I was born in New Jersey. I haven't lived there oh, since okay. I was, like, seven. So now um, I'm in Massachusetts. My dad lives on the South Shore. And um, I'm preparing to move to the greater Boston area next weekend, actually, uh, wow. to start school. For college. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, so cool. are, you, are they having in-person classes or is it going to be online mostly? So they are having in-person classes, but uh, everybody in undergrad except for seniors aren't even allowed on campus. Like, okay. freshmen aren't getting ID cards. We have no clearance to be anywhere on campus. So um, I'm moving into a place uh, that's outside of Boston with a few other freshmen just so we can, like, do our classes mm -hmm. together and still make friends. But, yeah, we're not – I'm not going back to campus until <laughs> they there. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that you guys have no ID cards and things makes me think of – I know Lisa will know what I'm talking about. The Have you heard of the show Suits? Or the guy pretends yeah. oh, to be a yeah. lawyer. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "Oh yeah, MIT, MIT ID." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been, I've actually been using my because for MIT we get a lot of discounts for things around Boston. And uh, I was on a date and I reserved tickets for uh, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. And uh, basically, I was going to save like a ton of money because MIT students get in free. Uh, so I reserved yeah. two tickets. Yeah, I reserved two tickets. I'm like, might as well. And then the lady's like, yeah, can I see your student ID? And I'm like, um. No. Okay. <laughs> like, like, do even if I had one, they wouldn't let me pick it up. Okay, they need to send. You just carry your acceptance letter with you? Just yeah, like, I was going to say, they need to send a digital ID card or something. Because, like, insurance cards, like, nowadays you can just have, like, the PDF. I think that's worth an email. I think that's worth, like, a, hey, I'm yeah. losing out on some museum discounts oh, right here. I totally did email them, uh, but <laughs> I know they're doing a lot. So when I put non-urgent in subject line, they're probably like, okay, we don't have to get to this until like November. <laughs> and then thing, I know Apple, like problematic as they may be, they do offer educational discounts and they will allow you to use your email address, your like MIT email address. So maybe they will at like uh, museums and libraries if you can reserve online and have that .edu thing. Oh, try yeah. that. Okay, and this yeah, is I also in my account because I was like, you can just email me if you want to confirm that I'm a student. Like yeah. I can open the email in front of you; you can see it. But this I'm just a, those uh, discounts are so clutch, especially oh, yeah. when you're trying date and you're poor. It's very awesome. <laughs> well, and this oh, is yeah. this is a life hack for. Whenever, if you have a college ID or if you can get a college ID again, maybe it was just my school is so janky that I don't know if this will work everywhere, but I lost my college ID maybe like 
two months before graduating undergrad. So then I got a new college ID that was set to expire another four years later because it was reissued. (laughs) So I had school discounts for a solid like four years out of school. Here's the real trick. (laughs) Enroll in an online class at ASU because their IDs never expire. So I still have one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I still have a sound card. You know it. Wow, this is like a hacker. years old. <laughs> See, I can never, I can never get away. We just talked about this. I feel like about trying to use an ID, fake ID, and not not a fake ID, but like I think I tried to use my like community college ID with something not even that far out of being not in community college, and they were like, no. I just, like, can't get away with these kinds of tri- – I don't know you what have, it is. You have no idea how cheap I was getting at Yoga Works full membership from that <laughs> ASU student ID card. Hook it up. I mean, you're paying out the ass, so, like, you might as well get, you know, free frozen yogurt once in a while or, like, yoga yeah. yoga thing. So, wait, you mentioned dating. Yes. I mean – yeah. I love love dating, love romance. What's going on? Are you you're going out on dates? How single are we feeling? Like what's what's quarantine pandemic dating? New new MIT student, hot hot astrologer on the net vibes right now as when it comes to <laughs> dating. So funny thing is I'm absolutely not even close to single because I also have a boyfriend in addition to that person I'm seeing, okay. which is fun. Um, yeah, because when you're 18, you can get away with a lot of things. People <laughs> are more open to poly people. But yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, it's also kind of fun. I don't even know how much of this I can say, but like the place that I'm moving into with other MIT first years, well, one of them has been my friend for a while that we, we also used to date because, you know, like, like queer women culture is just messy like that so <laughs> I have a boyfriend long distance that lived in Indiana where I moved from I'm seeing somebody else and I'm moving in with an ex-girlfriend oh so this is the, <laughs> this this is is the dream this, yeah this is I'm the into dream this. right here oh this is exciting yeah. See, that's what happens when uh Mercury is your chart ruler and it's conjunct Venus you get very <laughs> active dating wise yes. variety variety is the spice of life well and also like what you're saying like you're starting such a new chapter and also it's so fun yeah thinking of because you I I think it was on your website of like the the astrologer for gen z which also I love all like the language you use because I'm like hell yeah like let's like let's claim this shit like this is true like and I had a question about that of like of like what gen z would look for differently maybe in astrology or like I guess what you like maybe meant by like a big kind of statement like that because it can mean a lot right like I think that can go in so many directions but now I'm just thinking of all the people I like cheated on in like the year I won't even say the year and how like oh we should have just had more conversation about this because I feel like we my era of like fresh college people were still in that very um very heteronormative very like monogamous oriented very traditional mindset even though like no one agreed with that necessarily it was like yeah I want to fuck a bunch of people but also date you like what's so wrong like what's so wrong about that and I think we do have so much more language to help us understand that now but I was curious because I saw that in there and I'm like obviously you're a young astrologer so 
um, I would just like, I think that's just so interesting, especially when astrology has such gatekeeping with age and with how long you've been doing it and with that duration thing. I had a slew of questions in relation to that, but I gave you a lot. I also have Gemini Mercury. So, um, you know, pick which question pops out, I guess, and we yeah. can go from, yeah, and we can go I, from I there. Gemini rising. Yeah. I, oh, I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think like what I meant specifically by like being an astrologer for Gen Z is like also like the things that just come with the territory of being an astrologer from any generation, just a natural understanding of people who share like your Uranus and Neptune and Pluto degrees, just like understanding where that comes from uh, in a way that people of other generations or with Uranus in other signs just don't really totally get because it's not their experience there's also just like i guess natural generational synastry but there's also i guess um my approach to astrology being somewhat different from people older than me which is that like you know that saying where you have to learn the rules before you break them mm-hmm. like i'm trying to learn the rules so i can like blow it up in a way <laughs> like uh what i've been trying to do with my work is to like notice where um, people are not totally fully represented in astrology, which is supposed to be a medium that represents everybody and everyone can see themselves in their chart. Uh, But I'm really about noticing which people are left out and then like, how can we accommodate that? And I think Gen Z, like we are so uh, like, I think it's the Pluto and Sagittarius just being willing to be like, you say that we have to be, in this category like for whatever it is like we don't even need categories anymore like a lot of what we do is about spectrums or just dismantling Mm. systems that we decide don't need to be there in the first place so I think that's probably why a lot of people around my age are more open to polyamory because it's like we don't need to date one person at a time if everyone's okay with it like we're not cheating on anybody there's nothing morally wrong with this we're just having fun because we're young people and we can do that. And there's no consequences to dating more than one person at once. If you're not hurting anybody, if everyone's open and communicative and honest and you're not hiding anything, you're not doing anything wrong. So I think like also my generation is noticing if we don't do it this way, that's not a bad thing. Like we're not morally wrong. We're not doing anything uh, that's like bad or immoral. Um, just by saying the way that you guys have done this forever, we don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lot of my, with my approach. Ooh, <laughs> this I, is think, a- I think that's a valid, um, like perspective or lens for a lot of like the structures that we're trying to dismantle, not just like with dating, but obviously with like human rights and all this kind of stuff where there are all these like capitalism, there are all these like traditional rules that, everyone is trying to break but somehow still has to for some reason like play within the means of capital like you can't like afford rent if you don't so I think that's like a good lens to go forward with just in general like looking at the world as there are things that can be broken without like learning all these quote-unquote rules first Mm -hmm. that's very Saturn and Aquarius really to like find where you have that like wiggle room I guess because like Aquarius still being ruled by Saturn there are boundaries but like you said like figuring out what to do within those boundaries like I this might be a kind of controversial but you knew this when you knew I was a traditional astrologer but I think (laughs) like the traditional view of like I mean, the modern view of Aquarius being like of Uranus and just willing to blow everything up and start over and be a revolutionary. I'm not totally sure that's fully indicative of Aquarius. I think like Aquarius is really like, okay, 
we need like at least an order to figure everything out. But mm-hmm. what can I do within those boundaries? Like pushing them, um, widening them, like still understand, like not dismantling the system, but trying to like fix it and reform it and change it mm-hmm. from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think very much fund the police rather than abolish the police. They're, they're mm-hmm. yeah. still fixed. So I think yeah. that that is very valid. Well, I like, I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to be talking to you and I was on your Twitter feed and I was reading, I'm very, I feel like I'm very susceptible whenever I go on a traditional bent. And then when we're talking to someone who's very pro modern astrology, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll, um, persuadable, but I do (laughs) think it makes sense in terms of keeping to traditional rulers when we're talking about it in terms of like how it affects you on a personal level so like if we're talking about the understanding of like an Aquarian sun person or like if you have an Aquarian placement I do think thinking of it as ruled by Saturn makes more sense because it's like a inner planet and outer planet not that it's not not that social movements and social um, trends and things like that can't be hugely influential, but I do think there is something to be said about kind of separating those two things of like, um, some people are going to be more influenced by social trends than other people. And so thinking, keeping in mind the kind of like co-rulership, if you will, of Saturn and Uranus, um, I think gives a better understanding of Aquarius. Cause I feel like it's been coming up a lot for us, in episodes and, and, and chart discussions and things of like this really kind of authoritarian dictatorial Aquarian side where it's like, if you yeah. look throughout history, there are very um, like, Dick Cheney. Yes, Dick Cheney is the one that kept coming to mind because it is someone who, like, yeah, maybe not technically illegal, but that's someone you have in order to do true, like, evil, devious shit, you need to know what the rules are. So you also know how to manipulate them in your favor in a way that's like, I never broke a rule. There's something about Aquarian energy in the best and worst ways where it is like, hey, I. I didn't do anything that you didn't say was totally allowed. And there's something so infuriating and like, I know not technically, but like, it's still, you still did it right. You know what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. that like exactly. mind gamey kind of thing Look, that I think right. is so, is again, very pot on very positive kind of like ways where you're like, fuck, I can't, you can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, you can't argue with that. Well, Let's be, here's another hot controversy. Aquarian's the most stubborn sign of the Zodiac. I'm, I'm out here. I'm I here agree. to declare it. Tauruses are here to throw the. I'm here to throw. throw I look, them off the <laughs> look, fix people are going to be stubborn to various degrees about various things. I think Taurus is going to be fixed about what feels good and what is important to them on that close level. You know, Scorpio, obviously, I don't, we'll get there. Like on like every other like outer, like deeper you know, whatever level. Leo too, I think sharing some of that Taurian things of like very self. And I think since Aquarians have that Saturn and Uranus that you can't deny talking about both, Saturn is very much still the self and what is important to me, what is important to my my circle, the circle I can see. And then I think sometimes they remember what they're really out there to do on like a high, like right on a high vibrational level. And then Uranus can come in and be like, don't forget what you're really doing this for. Like you want to be this right. rebel artist, but you're also, be- but your noise show scene or your art click is also really exclusive. So like, are you building an inclusivity, yeah. even though you're building a, a community 
that's varied, but only to your to what you considered varied. Like I, that's why I love Pisces. I think Pisces are the true radical leaders of the zodiac. And if you're a Pisces listening, and you're like me, and it's like I love it because it can be sometimes so. I think we can sometimes accidentally find our ways into new pursuits of freedom and new pursuits of um, creativity and acceptance. And it's the end. A lot of the way. Sometimes you just need the end to happen. But yeah, no, I mean, Aquarius energy is like hot tip of the tongue right now because it's, it's hard to ignore and we're going to have Saturn, you know, coming back there pretty soon. And we already had a little taste of it and now we're back in cap and now it's like, yeah, it's promising, but it's also not a guarantee. Nothing's a guarantee. And that's why I think I like Pisces because they know that they are like, yeah, of course, nothing's like, of course, nothing's a guarantee. Pisces can be great if you can get them out of bed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> get out of bed. But, save the world. I, you know, it's all in a day. It'll just, no, I'm just kidding. That's a lot of pressure. No one can save the world alone also, obviously. Dion, you, you have a ton of air. Um, and yeah. you have aqua moon. How do you feel like your air placements balance each other out or don't? Um, I honestly would not say that my air placements balance each other out at all. Uh, I think it's really just kind of, they compound each other. Mm. So I kind of, a lot of times I'll walk away from interactions and be like, damn, I talked way too much. (laughs) Um, like a lot of, like, even when I was like, um, meeting my roommates for the first time, I'm like, I really hope that I don't annoy the shit out of them because they are very quiet people and I don't (laughs) want to be the only one running my mouth. Like I think Uh very much the air compounding just makes me a motor mouth. Like I can just keep going and going. And uh, I think you would expect a little bit more restraint from uh, uh, like Mercury and Libra, but it's just, I don't know. I think in the fifth house, it's maybe a bit pleasurable to hear myself talk. (laughs) Oh, oh, (laughs) you have a really beautiful voice. It's true. And, and I think too, something that I never thought of when I had roommates in college, but those division of labor things of like cleaning the house and stuff, try to do the air stuff, like try to do the vacuuming and like the, cause I thinking back, like I, I'm, I have a lot of tourists in the 12th and I was always like the kitchen cleaner. And I think that worked really well for us because my other roommates did not want to do dishes or whatever. So if you like that, like, I mean, try to think of like air stuff, dust or vacuum and maybe that can be like um house meetings uh, balance balance <laughs> for the motor mouth <laughs> that actually i really appreciate you bringing that to me cuz like that is a really awesome idea cuz like i don't know i think uh i have three roommates and i don't know the sign of the last one that just came in but i know one is a leo and one's a pisces and i'm a scorpio it's going to be a little weird <laughs> um, but that's actually, that's really, really smart. And now I have to ask them for their charts and hope I don't... Because it's too late to freak them out now. They already signed up. <laughs> it's too late. You're locked in. What yeah, are you planning you on... What are you going to be studying at MIT? Because I'm very... I love this. And I also... That's why I'm like, I don't I don't mean to, to gas in a, uh, uh, a meaningless way. But I do love just this very literal... Um, science and astrology relationship that I think more people, especially people of your generation, because astrology has been more um, open and accepted, um, that it's not as unusual. But I do think that, you know, I was realizing a lot of my own kind of internalized astrology shame still that I feel like I've shirked a lot of, but I was listening to something where they were talking about their experience of coming to astrology, like as a kid and realizing how much like 
I've always been interested in, but haven't been open about that. And certainly not in a relationship with science or, or anything like that. So what is, is astrology at all related to what you're going to be studying? And then what, um, how do you feel that those two interplay? Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of, it's interesting. Cause like the more people talk about me as an astrologer, the more likely it is that when you Google my name, astrology comes up. And so mm-hmm. if I'm going for a research position or people are looking me up for a career context, they're going to be like, Oh, um, <laughs> so I'm a little worried about that, which is why my LinkedIn has none of my astrology. Yes. Like at all. I try to keep it as separate as possible, except like for college, like a lot of it, especially for admissions, is trying to prove that like you're a cool person because like that's sure. why they want you there at that point. So I will sprinkle that in for some personality. But in terms of academics, I try to keep it pretty separate. So I want to major. I'm intending to major in computational biology, which is like kind of like a double major, but not. It's the computer science department and the biology department. And then I'm looking to minor in philosophy because um, like that is something I'm just passionate about and it has a strong affinity with astrology anyways and a lot of how I treat astrology is through like a philosophical lens uh just naturally I'm kind of a philosophical person so um I think it would be near impossible to try to make philosophy a double major like I wanted to just because MIT is extremely intense and I might have to uh take it like one step at a time but ideally I would have my major that is like how I make money and how I'm a professional and how I can actually get my investment back from this degree. And then philosophy, just because I'm already in that like education zone, I will be able to focus more and they're paying for half of the degree anyways. So I might as well use that. (laughs) Oh yeah. You got to check off those interests too. Right. Like I think that's like the fun part of college is like, you know, if there's always gotten that mixed, pressure and maybe again this could be generational like yeah like let's find the ways that sustain us but also stroke our interests right like if, if when you go into something that's so cut and dry not what you're interested in, but it's money like how often does that really work and if it works eh, you know follow up down the line and see how well that's working for us because then it it bleeds into our home life and it bleeds into like our relationships and it's just um I don't I think it's like fun to like pepper in your interests into like something that could maybe be a little more clinical um, or like a little more literal. And I recommend don't take a class at Arizona state called who's the greatest Elvis or the Beatles, because it's going to be really hard. I know it sounds like it's not going to be hard, (laughs) but it's going to be one of the hardest classes that you took. That sounds dope. It's just either (laughs) or. Uh, It's a whole class. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of information. Um, Wait, but I thought I'm supposed to get the state college ID card. That sounds like a night. So that's the class that's maybe if that's you're going to go get that endless ID. Nature, that's the easiest class at Arizona State. <laughs> then you can you can figure out how rainbows are made or whatever. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Um, so this is like not a science question, I guess. But I don't know. I had in my notes. I was like, Scorpios are magnets to this podcast. We've. I feel like Scorpios, like wh- like when we l- got your chart, I was like, of course we have another Scorpio on. Like Scorpios, no. just, uh, just an, uh, we can't escape Scorpios. Scorpios can't escape 
magic as well. We never, and we don't want to. We ask, yeah, we don't, we <laughs> don't know. And we ask, we'll be like, oh, can you send us your chart? And then we'll see. And I'll be like, another Scorpio. Like, some, I can't, I like mean, sometimes I'll know if it's like clearly on someone's bio or like, it's like, oh yeah, obviously you're a Scorpio. And I was like, oh, Scorpio, like, welcome. Good. Glad to see you. Should have figured <laughs> that we'll have a Scorpio party. I'm just curious um, how being a Scorpio son I guess, do you, like, because we've talked a lot about air and aqua and all this kind of energy. For Scorpioness. like, when did you, did you have a connection with Scorpio energy? What, like, when did astrology, I guess, hit you? Like, is this, like, little baby, like, exploring books or teenage magazines? Or I don't know. Like, I think we all find it in different ways and it, and it peppers along. But I'm curious when that connected for you. And, um, and I guess just your general feelings on, on being a Scorpio side. Yeah. So, um, actually it's probably surprising that I am a Scorpio sign cause I really don't like talking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I know how I appear to people and when people interact, like people are like, Oh, I thought you were an Aquarius or a Gemini. I'm like, I am. Yeah. And then I just kind of forget about the sun a little bit, but, um, I did initially connect with the like Scorpio archetype a lot. Um, my dad, I was actually born on my dad's solar return, which is cool because oh, wow. he oh. also has a twin. Oh, yeah, wow. So, that's cool. Ooh, yeah. that's interesting. So, Not yeah. a lot. We we talk about twins are like a fascinating thing, and I feel like I don't know many water sign twins. True, I know a lot of yeah. air twins. A lot of yeah. air twins, a few, few uh, peppered in fire, but you don't hear about water twins often. Yeah, yeah. They're Scorpios with Leo rising, and they're very completely different from each other. They, hmm. They're fraternal twins. So my uncle's taller, he's bigger, my dad wears glasses, my uncle married a white woman, my dad, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're very different people. But, um, so, but my dad, like, he kind of resonated a lot with, like, the Scorpio archetype, so he would, like, share some of that stuff with me just, like, casually because we have the same birthday, mm. and I noticed that, like, um, my dad and I are just very, very similar in a lot of different regards. Um, and then my brother and my mom were just very similar to each other. So it was kind of like a divide. Like I was with my dad, my brother was with my mom and my brother's a Capricorn. My mom's an Aquarius. So it kind of uh, was like, large okay. Saturn divide. so you can probably tell that there have been several arguments <laughs> sure. that way. But, um, yeah. So like, I kind of got introduced to like what Scorpio like meant, I guess at a younger age because of my dad. And then, but I didn't really consider that to be a serious thing. I'm like, Oh, okay, this is cool. This is accurate, but I have no idea. I have no idea why. And I don't really care to figure that out until, um, I got like, okay. So the app CoStar, I got it. And I'm like, Whoa, this is cool. Just because everybody thought CoStar was cool in 2018. <laughs> right. And, um, <laughs> like I, thought but I'm like okay this is cool it's cool to like have um that social aspect where you can add your friends and see their stuff but I was like this seems like it's not enough like it it just seemed very lacking and I'm like I don't like it just felt like I was missing something uh and it was kind of like like where's the flavor in this so I started studying on my own and then just completely fell down the rabbit hole and I haven't landed yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably never I will. Well, I think yeah, that's yeah. what's interesting about CoStar. I know that CoStar is, is I mean, hot, hot and, topic. Hot topic. Well, I mean, I don't even think it's that hot of a topic. I think it's just like, it. it is what it is, but it isn't a full, it isn't enough. Well, like, I think it uh, points to like where people can get 
Ugh, it's so this is tricky. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But I think the hard part. I do. Poster, <laughs> and also, like, <laughs> also, I'm, I'm having a, my, I'm having like third house Virgoy right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm being very like choicey. But even though I'm I don't, 12, because I was like, I'm twelve house Virgo. I'm like, hurt their feelings. Sometimes they get hurt. <laughs> I guess it's just like, I think this. But this, what I have, the issue I have with CoStar can, again can apply to so many other mm-hmm. apps or arenas of life where it's not the right. end all be all. The messages right. they send people every day are fucked up. They shouldn't say like break up you're with doomed. your boyfriend because you're bored. You're doomed. Yeah. You're the, like I think they're very yeah. absolute in their messaging, which can be dangerous for influ- very people that can have a tendency to maybe be easily influenced. And I think that goes for any arena of religion, philosophy, wellness. Like there's gonna be people that really and we've we've interacted with people like that that are like i have this and i'm doomed or i'm this and i'm gonna go this way and and also like to not have access to a chart to have it only like laid out in a well they don't tell you anything they also make it very cryptic in terms of if you know astrology then you can kind of Mm -hmm. um decipher what transits they're referring to or how they got this sort of um prediction for you but they don't make it clear oh, we're talking about this thing. They're like, oh, love and intimacy or whatever. even the name, even yeah. the way that they categorize the kinds of transits make it so vague that you're like, what is this even referring yeah. to? Mm-hmm. And I think it- it's more like you, a psychic kind of thing. Yeah, that's, I was gonna say, you yeah. kind of touched on it on a couple, on one of your um, blog posts about this idea. I think that we are very conscious of and very um, kind of rail against, which is the idea of astrology being like fortune telling or a um, a thing that you really have to like have the gift of interpretation for. Not to say that you don't need to be educated on it in order to describe these things, but they aren't things that everyone can. There, anyone can learn astrology. Anyone it's can a, have an it's a language. Yeah, like, it's that's... a language. It's a thing like that. It's not like a. Um, I have a. I have a fortune telling power that someone else does, and I think that co-star help kind of feeds more into that school as opposed to the let's learn a dare I say a more logical scientific way of saying like this is the yeah. things that we're measuring these are the angles that we're looking at these are what these things like here's the we're, influence right. we're not we're not saying that the planets themselves are like gods and goddesses that are like uh, <laughs> coming into your dreams at night and being like go do that like it's these are like well, maybe, maybe they and, are but no, I'm just maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe they are but I think that that's like where where kind of this judgment of people using astrology as a tool comes from where it's like no it's not it isn't it's like trends it's it it's more measured and and kind of like data-based oh wait I I still hesitate to call it like science per se but it is more right. coming from this thing of like we're observing these things we're observing trends we're looking back on on things that have happened in the past during these same times and making inferences and and as opposed to someone being like this is what's going to happen and also you know, and also allegedly work. they don't hire like astro people to write stuff like right. you know, again allegedly yeah. maybe that's changed since that was kind of floating around the net but i think that's mm-hmm. also just like a simple fix in a lot of ways Look, like right I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a co-star. You just want to be a star. Ooh, and whoa. just be a star. We don't need to be a co-star. I get it because we're like sharing our information and whatever. But 
It just sounds like um, uh, like sidekick or something, which I, that's what it should be used as. Like, uh, along with your astrological study, here's a way to see your friend's stuff. Yeah. I do like it as yeah, like a Rolodex. Yeah. Like, it's nice to have access, like, but you could do that with probably astro.com or like a bunch of other places. It's just, it makes yeah. it easy. That's what an app's for, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I don't think, I personally don't think CoStar is really great to use as like in tandem with studying. I think there's a lot of other apps like Time Passages that are better because it's oh, like, yeah. hey, love, here's actually love. what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But like, because CoStar, like it really, like you said, Julie, like feeds into that idea that other people have where we take this information on the chart and then we just kind of run with it. Like we just kind of say whatever comes to mind in association with these things. And that's not really what astrology is. Like uh, a lot of times, like there is an intuitive astrology, but the intuition isn't supplemented by study. It's not like you're, because a lot of times, like the best intuition in my opinion for astrologers would be, I know I've done this enough. I know what I'm looking for. My intuition is, I've seen this placement in other people. I can extrapolate that this is likely to happen because I have that experience. Like intuition in astrology should come from experience, not what you just feel is correct. Because in that way, it's very easy for you to either look like you're full of shit or just have like really vague delineations because Mm -hmm. you're, you can only go so far with what you feel when it's not supplemented by actual study, knowledge, recognizing those trends, like knowing the archetypes. So, well, it's like, I think that's what interests us and us and having this podcast too. It's like so much of it is in like a Kinsey-esque sort of way is like this study of people. And yeah, if you see these Scorpio moon patterns um, in these, in these houses with these aspects going on, and of course, then you consult and confirm with the person and like, go like, has this been something for you? And that's, oh, that's interesting. I've been, you know, with respect to other clients, like I've been seeing this too, like that you're picking up and it's just, um, that's where I think time does come in handy for being an astrologer, but also like, you know, there's no set, it doesn't, it's like, you must for five whole years before you can, and you can certify, I think from what I hear or whatever. I don't know. There's things, there's things that you can do. Okay, but wait, I have a quick gossip because I just love gossiping a little bit. Yeah. Okay, this, um, I'll name names off pod. So I have a friend who works in the, can- back to weed, a friend that works in the cannabis industry. She was in a meeting with this woman-led company that our whole Instagram is all ladies of all the rainbows, smoking weed, cannabis, CBD, goes on the Zoom meeting. This is the first time she's meeting them. And she's like, where's the, like, where it's all white guys. Like, where's the, like, the ladies at for this meeting? And then she talks to her bosses. And after they're like, she's like, have you met anyone? Have you met any of the women of this company? And they're like, no. They found out the male owner put his do- the shareholder at 51% of his daughter's, under his daughter's name to then, by law, say, I'm Brand a woman- it women-based company that's like all the language when you reread their website you're like oh it never says founded it it like it doesn't have an about on their website to when you buy the weed or whatever and it is just a scam it's just a scam that is but it looks like you would never know if you went on their instagram you would be like of course yeah this is it and if you were someone that's just buying you know like and not really deeper researching um it'd be really easy to get tricked by this like i was like that's 
like a marketing thing on the delivery sites now where they have that where it says like women owned Mm -hmm. like they started putting those up like it'll be like flour edibles whatever and one of them is like female owned and Mm -hmm. and like that's really messed up that people are using that because it's all like algorithm based right they're they're just trying to get their product to be more visible I told my friend like you need to like Watergate whistleblow this company. I would read the article. I'd listen to the podcast about this. Like, I want to, I want this like taken down because, like, that can't be that just that also triggered to me. I'm like, oh, this isn't definitely not the only company that does this. Then there's just absolutely no for way. sure. Anyways, that was my gossip. I'll tell you all about who it is, bleep after well, the this, pod, but okay, this leads me into a question that, and sorry to make you like the representative of your generation, but you just happen to be a young person that we're talking to. And this has been on my mind. You're the only one that'll talk to us old ladies. Yeah, we're old. old (laughs) We use Skype, not Zoom. Sorry. Really Um, showing her age. Okay. And if this is to, if you need me to like clarify or bring it in, I will do my best to do so. But what, what does, like physical reality mean to your generation do you think and I ask this because I think that they're like in all of these all of these like social things that we're seeing right now there is this just like fucking gripping tooth and nail to all of these like physical reality kinds of things statues um like the jobs that people go to and and um like borders, walls, these things of like on earth things. And I think that young people especially have lived, obviously you are, you live in a physical body, but there are so many things that you guys are doing to transcend the physical, not only being online all of the time, but also in, in gender expression, in relationship, in all of these things, it's, it's not, not to say that those things are like physical, but do you get what I mean? Like this idea of like, what are there, are there things that, yeah. What, what do you think that, um, like, are you asking if we live in a simulation basically? (laughs) Well, yeah. Or it's just like, what, I don't know what the, there's just something that's been like rolling around in my mind is like, what does physical reality mean? Mm. Yeah. So, cause I think like, Probably with us coming after millennials where it is extremely difficult for a lot of them to own property, like own things. I think our view of ownership and like actually having our own space is probably a little bit skewed. Like, I mean, most of us are too young to really think about that in like a serious context because we're not like I think the earliest of Gen Z is like probably fresh out of college, if not still in college. So I think like our ideas about like owning property like we're not going to be the kind of people who care about mowing our lawns or <laughs> we're not going to be like very uh worried about i guess uh keeping i don't know i think like the act of just like owning land or like owning property is kind of one that we're not really super committed to like people in the past where they're like oh I need my space I need my house because I can do whatever I want with it I can do whatever I want with like lawn and it's my place and it's just theirs and I think like this might just be coming from the perspective of someone who is like really um I guess kind of um 
focused a lot about like what decolonization will look like. Uh, I think like the idea that we own land or like even owning plants. I feel weird about owning plants because I'm like, how do I own Mm -hmm. like a part of nature? Like, how is this mine? How do I keep that? And I think, uh, I think we just probably have like our views are skewing towards this doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. like to actually own things other than for like like reasons related to the economy which a lot of people like I don't know if it's just me but the economy sounds so fake the longer older people try to explain Mm it I'm like it is it's so fake it's all fake like yeah and it's like oh it's how you assign value to things I'm like well why don't we just change the value yeah like it doesn't work that way and I'm like I just I just have so many questions like why do we do it this way like they just I feel like I'm asking dumb questions. Like, of course, people have been thought, thinking about this forever and ever and ever. But I'm like, why don't we just don't? Like, That's how I that feel way. about the, the deficit, where I'm like, what do we? What if we just say we don't have a deficit? Okay, old <laughs> old old people. <laughs> Can't we just like cancel it? <laughs> like straight up though, older people, older than us. I mean, like my parents and my grandparents are like obsessed especially in this political year i feel like every year of life has always been like balancing that budget balancing those books i'm like that's what i mean i don't know this is me and scott right now i could i could get into like a serious financial discussion but i won't i want to um say what about like the plant ownership and stuff this is very cancer moon i'm cancer moon but i think that there are certain things that go along with caring for a plant where it's not about that it's yours it's about that you're helping it be alive possibility so I think things like community gardening and stuff that have kind of at least become more like prevalent to me in the last few years I don't know how long that has been going I'm sure it's longer than that but like I didn't really know about it so those things that are like popping up more and and dog parks and like bike paths and things where it's like we found a way to care like uh trails that you hike on we found a way to care for um and let certain things grow in certain ways where we can still utilize them and we can have this kind of shared space and community stuff which I think is really important to that conversation when but for some reason, there is this colonizer mindset of like, well, who owns the campground? Well, who owns the end? Like, I think that's the thing we need to get rid of, because I do think that there are things, especially speaking of the environment, like there are so many things that we need to have a nurturing perspective on as people where it's like, we can't just have a Pacific garbage patch. Like we got to do something and we all need to like take, take responsibility and care. Already. But it's also like <laughs> at, at, at some point I feel like someone like Joe Rogan is just going to like own the Pacific garbage patch somehow. <laughs> and be like, this is my garbage patch. <laughs> like I feel like that's the direction we're going oh in and I really want to move away from it. Well, I think this is why I'm glad I asked this question, because I think that you brought up a good point in terms of the like timeline too of property ownership and then kind of our generation, millennial, elder millennial into millennial (laughs) being that kind of transitional place where like some people still did figure out ways to like own homes and, and do a kind of more traditional track. But then also even the ideas of like startups and internet businesses and things like that, like the 
the bridge between quote unquote reality and like the world online is different. And then even thinking about like memes and things, these idea of ownership, because I think, I think what I hear in people's like fear about ownership or things that are there is like fear of losing identity and like, who am I if I do not own things? And that's Mm -hmm. very colonizer. Absolutely. Who am I if I am not what I, what I own? Um, But I think I was thinking about memes and how this is also like a thing of like, oh, this is kind of public domain. And I am, what I own is my take on it, my opinion, my, um, my interpretation. Yeah. But it is such a different idea of like quote-unquote ownership or identifying with a thing that I think is really hard for older people to grasp in a lot of ways because it is like these things these signifiers of of what it means to be a good person a smart person a successful person are really kind of like dissipating for people and how do you figure out what you're kind of like what your motivations are. I'm going through a Uranus transit right now too. So it is also like these ideas of like, well, what, yeah, what is, what is the point of this? What is your intention? What are your kind of guiding principles about your, your like authenticity and, and things? Well, now we're double checking who also owns the stuff that we're buying from. I think at a rate, uh, like with this like fake woman company, like it's that, but it was that took effort for me to find that out. And also just like through, you know, through someone that experienced it, I think now too, it's like, yeah, where, like who owns this clothing company? Like who owns this? Well, where is this getting made? Um, and even like the, the intention, I think of like millennial era inventions. Like I remember when Uber and Lyft launched and living in Chicago being like, Oh my God, I can get home at night. Like, this is awesome. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe we should have had a check-in when we started exploiting the workers and when we started, you know, because you, and also that goes into capitalism and monopolies. Uh-oh. Like we're going to have these prices so low that we eliminate taxis. And then once they're gone, then the prices go up. And then also we will shut down because we don't want workers to have these rights. So I like, that's where I hope maybe Aqua Energy can come in for like that Uranus can represent, I think, the checks and balances. Yes, Saturn wants to like, work and get and earn and gain and then Uranus is like at hopefully ask like at what cost because there's so many things that started as like a good idea and just like our constitution could maybe use some fucking updates like it's so old like why wouldn't you go back and update the stuff that just doesn't work for us anymore that's like the frustrating thing I think again for and there are millennials who bought into the dream, made it work, you know, got the practical degree to get the practical thing. And then there's, you know, we've seen like two recessions in our young-ish lifetime and kind of like, I think that's why like maybe our divide isn't as big, I think, as also the internet kind of can portray as well. I think it's like Gen Z and millennials are like, no, we're all still kind of like, this sucks, but Gen Z, it's, (laughs) it's been sucky. Like, pretty much from the yeah. jump? Like, like the whole time. Like, yeah. the whole time? I was, born, I was born a month and a half after 9-11. Oh, I uh, saw. Oh, I saw. I was like, oh, in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, I don't think... I, I, I honestly feel like for people my age, it's just been pretty garbage, like, the entire time. Because it was like, okay, there was 9-11, and then there was, like, the war on terror, and then there was mm-hmm. the recession, which my... So where I went to high school, where I lived for the last 10 years before I moved here, was the unemployment was so bad that literally Barack Obama himself had to come in 2009 
um, just, I don't know why he came, but he spoke. It was just so bad because my, was I come this from in the Indiana? RV. Yeah. yeah. Wait, where at? I come from, this is Elkhart, Indiana, the RV oh. capital of the world. Okay. So the RV industry crashed. Um, because nobody was trying to buy an RV Travel. during oh, yeah, session. which is booming and, right now too, because everyone's yeah. trying to, you know, have their own staycation and road trip. That's so again, generation. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but. yeah. No, you're good, you're good. So like it was just because like all the factories and stuff, a lot of people a lot of people like um when they immigrated to the US, they would go to Elkhart because there were just a lot of like factory jobs. Like, because um, my grandma worked as a welder in a factory. Whoa. But um yeah, she she's pretty badass but um like i mean welding's so... cool like it's just cool like, welding is cool it's just cool. yeah but she was also a really cool woman like i remember she told me at like a company party with her other like welder buddies she got into a fight on christmas in a bar and oh, i'm like yeah. how did and she was like 50 something i'm like how do you do that how do you <laughs> like a, a tiny korean lady her shoe size is literally five i don't know how you win but <laughs> what's, her, what's her sign She's a Virgo, married to another Virgo. Oh yeah, um, and small, scrappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. check yeah. checks out. A yeah. small and also but... small feet and hands. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like t- I can see the tension growing. Just like, uh, like oh, yeah. I heard the same thing with small ears. Like it can just be like a very like I'm a fight your ass kind of person. <laughs> yeah, it simply seems a little mercurial to have just like tiny body parts, just like mm-hmm. like important tiny body parts, like yes. tiny hands, tiny ears, to, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> scrappy tiny. But, um, yeah, but anyways, like experiencing that, and then like all this stuff with like trauma. It's just yeah, like we haven't gotten a break. So it's like, this is our normal, whereas like older people are freaking out on the news because like the country's going to hell. Oh, my God. How are we descending into authoritarianism and nobody's watching? And like Gen Z is like, I mean, I kind of expected this from you guys. (laughs) With older generations, we're just like, you guys are going to keep messing this up for us over and over and over. We just have to wait until we're old enough to where either some of you guys don't exist anymore or you'll actually (laughs) listen to us for adults. We've been feeling the same way, too, so maybe it's just an eternal cycle. Because I think we, you know, we always feel that way about the boomers. And I don't want to, I don't want to, like, get into a whole uh, generational thing. But it's, we didn't start the fire, right? And it's the same, like, Billy Joel wrote that song because someone younger told him his generation had never lived through anything. And now we all feel like, I I think that is a part of existence. It's definitely horrible right now and I'm not like discounting anything because I think the young people growing up in this world are hopefully going to be the ones please change it for us all but then I feel (laughs) bad to I feel bad to put that pressure like that is a very human experience I for sure it feels bad to put that pressure though on on, like this generation that didn't ask for any of this and then I, feel, I was telling my therapist, like, I feel like a fucking asshole that our, our millennial generation didn't do enough to, like, help combat while it was growing. But also, like, I mean, fucking Occupy Wall Street. Like, all this stuff happened, I think, during our, our comeuppance. And, um, but also, like, again, we are kind of really stuck in a post-recession reality that was promised to be better and was, you know, sugar-coated with, like, Ellen, the Ellen show memes of Obama being this like wonderful guy and you know and which you know he's a, like seems 
nice, but also like it was just packaged in a more palatable, very more normal American way. And now we're really getting what we've been doing just like on a very, you know, no sham behind it. Like this is like, this is the, this is unveiled. This is just what's been, this is what's been cooking. um, And it's horrifying. But yeah, like what you're saying, it's like, it's, it's not different. It's just, I think everyone's missing their palatable warmongers, right? Like now (laughs) we have just warmonger and also someone the scary part is also rallying rallying civilians to harm other civilians that's the you know dictator authoritarian of it all which is a little different than our normal um <laughs> like presidential years yeah. oh, one of my favorite co-workers said we got all the worst parts of fascism and all the worst parts of individualism and with trump and i think that's like completely valid where it's like the even like the I guess what you would say the positive sides of fascism where things are in order and people are you know what I mean we didn't get that we didn't get any of the healthcare or any of yeah. the things for the vi- <laughs> like the pandemic like we didn't get any of the good parts of that fa- not that there are really any I know good, you mean you it's know like, what I'm like, like it's like communism fascists yeah yes when when wh- whoever brought I think it was Bernie that brought up the like education system in Cuba or whatever it was where they were right. like oh well this was actually really impressive where it's like we're not even getting a, a footnote of something being impressive <laughs> and, and, like, and problematic as all of that is to say that we're just getting like because there is no and as you have so much air I'm sure you see that there is no intellect behind it there's no mm. intelligence happening it's just like well let's trudge through this like marsh or whatever and it's like what's well, where are we going yeah. and it's the opposite I mean, it's, it's anti-intellectualism is really i mean that's part of fascism too is like you want to shame people for it i think and i don't know if this rings true for more gen z stuff but i think after graduating in this like oh yeah college and student loan debt crisis and all that stuff like it was a big point of contention to go like you went to college, you're an idiot. You wasted all that money. And it's like, when did this come? When did this become the conversation to say that higher education is frivolous? And um, yeah, it shouldn't be that much money, like, period. But it's so beneficial. Yeah, because when I was like, like my junior year, like, this is pre COVID, and I was like, pushing as hard as I could to go to the best schools I could. Like, I kind of noticed that like, where I came from was not somewhere that people tried to get into Ivy's or MIT or Stanford. Mm. Um, but they were still trying to go away to college, go to a big college, just like follow, like everyone wants to follow their dreams and do as much as they can to get there. And then like when COVID happened, like everyone just kind of like fell flat, just like the balloon deflated. And everyone's just like, well, I guess I'm going to go to community college or a state Mm. school. Like, the majority of my friends are going to school in the county that I lived in when they are expecting to move like all the way to like Bloomington for IU or like going to Purdue. Like they were getting prepared to like go to these like, I guess, better schools that have more opportunities. And then like with COVID, they're just like, I'm just going to save my money. Like it just like halted so many people's plans. So like, but I noticed like there was just, we wanted to go do it anyways like yeah we knew that college like was kind of a gamble if you weren't going to get a lot of scholarship aid and that was like a worry but it was still like I'm going to try anyways and figure it out when I'm more mature but now it's like (laughs) there is no point this is all stupid why would I like a lot of people pay all this money for online classes exactly and then like 
I'm the clown who's going to a school with a seventy-five thousand dollar sticker well, price. But it's online. It, it's <laughs> nihilistic. It's nihilistic in the best way, in the in the yeah. most useful sense of it. I think, right. um, as as someone, I think who is, I become more and more nihilistic. Not not in a bad way, but in the way where it's yeah. like, well, guess what? You're if if shit isn't happening, then you might as well do the thing that you're wanting to do because shit all is happening here too. So yeah. there's right. if. If it's just, if you were just as not likely to succeed, if you go, if college is no longer a, 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 a marker for assured success, then leverage it to, to have, to learn, to grow, whatever. You're just as likely to go into debt at home as you are <laughs> somewhere else. At least you'll know right. where, at least you'll know what it was for and uh, have some kind of like tie to it. How many people do you know? Like, I mean, it's all of those things where it's like if you're buying a home that seems more secure on on the on the surface, but then you're tied to this thing that is is just as likely to be unfruitful as as right. a college a debt. A degree, like as an invest, I think I personally, even though I'm trying to like eventually get my PhD, so this might sound ridiculous for me, but like I think degrees are the shittiest investment you can make with like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, like. It, buying land makes way more sense <laughs> it, because the only way your degree pays off is if like yeah you got your education but you also can't be a shithead yeah. like you have to try so much harder personality wise because not only do you have to actually work on things outside of college to like build your resume and be qualified for things but you also like no other investment requires a good personality to be successful like all of them have a certain degree of luck and stuff, like, because there is luck with, like, finding a job, but that's also so much more dependent on who you are as a person than other investments. Because, like, stocks don't give a shit if sure. you're the devil or not. They're still mm -hmm. going to go up and down. But, like, college degree, you have to, like, you have to depend on other people liking you to make your money back. Yeah. It's, and, it's your and, your work, and your work ethic at the end of the day. I mean, how many people have a degree? I don't even know where my degree is. I'm sure I have one somewhere, but like, but like, it's, Hey, again, dropped out three times. No big deal. <laughs> Twice from the same place. But also so many of these colleges do charge that big sticker price for, which is fucked up introductions. Like that is like a lot of the times what you're paying for. And it's like, that's a very hefty email Yes, set, like, uh, in, you know, introing, internship, whatever that is. Yeah. And also, too, I think part of the, like, and I'm happy to hear that, like, there is maybe, like, a fuck it. Like, yeah, I want to learn what I want to learn. And, yeah, debt is inevitable, it seems like. This is the world. This mm -hmm. is the United States of America. Like, who doesn't have credit card debt? But right. also, too, and this is the hope I'm hanging on. I'm like, you know, these student loans, I just hope I don't pay mine all the way off by the time it's fully wiped away one of these days because I know we're we are inching towards that we are inching towards Medicare yeah. for all we are inching towards uh free tuition college I mean private schools you know that's a they'll do whatever they want same with same with healthcare. Right. it's like yeah there's gonna still be private doctors there's still gonna be private institutions but like why not give people fucking choice and fucking freedom and um yeah I'm just like pro-communism I guess is like what I'm like the good parts of communism seem kind of appealing in a lot of ways even thinking about land when you see like someone has acres and acres in space but what if we gave everybody one solid 
an outdoor area, a place to be. Like, we, what if we did take a look at our resources and were reasonable? What if we did, um, God, now with the California fires that are going out of control, like, what if we did invest in environmentalism that did burn sites earlier in the year so that these trees don't just fucking, like, go up in smoke, like, yeah. as soon as the 9,000 bolts of lightning hit, which those lightning storms, I don't know if anyone watched videos of that stuff. It's, like, historic lightning siege that, like, has never happened before. It is, like, beautiful, but when you know what it's doing, you're like, wow, nature, like, doesn't give a fuck about you, bitch. Like, really? We're guests. We are guests here. It will yeah. It will do what it wants. I think, too, with college, like, um, I, I don't want to discourage anyone listening because I know we have listeners that are in college or about to go to college and... Um, I definitely like went out of state to a school that does not have a lot of cachet and spent a lot of money, like where there are, there is not a big alumni network. And so I think like, and, and I am happy some days and not happy other days. So I think that (laughs) if you, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, do what you want to do, work on your you know, who you are as a person, your mental health and all those, the, the things that actually affect you day to day. But also like, if you want to go to college because you want to meet people and have some time away from your parents, that's also valid. It doesn't have oh, to be oh, this yeah. big. That's the reason. And I like think. going to MIT, oh, that's yeah. like way more <laughs> than anything that I've done in probably in my life. So, you know, I think that that is like, you, you, people will see that on a resume and, and that's already great, you know? So like, you know, there, there's no limit to what you can do. And if you don't want to go, you don't, you know, you, you don't have to, but I, I hope that we don't have to pay for, I hope kids don't have to pay for it. I hope, I hope our taxes can help pay for it or something, but there's money. There's money. There's we so have much. the resources. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. And I think that's. That's the other, what's upsetting that's, is when you find out how much we absolutely. Tax that's what a I mean billionaire the one time, like tax a billionaire yeah. one time, and like hook it up. And two, I think this is like I love thinking of this again. Looking at your ninth house, obviously with this, we have your moon, obviously then this like your mid having cuss, and then Neptune, Uranus, like all this like ninth house energy. I think this is like a fun conversation of and a good reminder of like. College is, yes, it's, that's why it's different than school, right? It's a journey you're choosing and it is something that you want to invest your time. But so much, the, I was a bad student. Also, I was like very drug and alcohol dependent during college. But when I was like the times I wasn't, I was like, oh, I'm like meeting people I would have never met before. I'm meeting people outside of my hometown. I like even if you can even go for a year, like what I know you're saying you dropped out, Julie, but a year's still beneficial. Oh I think, yeah, in terms I mean I'm, I, human I have no regrets. I have no regrets about it. I know that I d- and and given the information that I had and the ways that I went about choosing things, I made the best choices that I possibly could have made. In looking back, I see oh I probably should this would have been a more beneficial way to approach it. And I could have picked schools based on this, but I didn't know that's what I, I couldn't have known that that's what I would have wanted had I not had this experience that showed me, oh, this isn't actually what that's useful for. And I mean, I guess that's what I mean in the nihilistic way of like, you're going to learn there's pros and cons in any situation. All you can do is make the best one in that moment with the information that you have and the experiences that you've been given. Nope, there is no right or wrong or perfect way to go because like you said there's you know 
it's a ter- if we're talking about like investments, yes, of course, it's a, a terrible investment. You're very unlikely to see the return on. But right. does that mean it's not a worthwhile one? Absolutely not. It's just yeah. The- but we also, as far as investments go, I mean, I like I work in a place that just got sold in October, and it's like that was like in October, a uh, solid like yeah. on the way I was like this guy's gonna make so much money blah 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 and now I'm like what an idiot like we don't know what things <laughs> yeah, exactly. are That's gonna what I mean, do right. or happen like at least you'll ha- and and I guess this is kind of I'm very 12th housey but like this idea that like at least you can have that knowledge like even yeah. though it's not tangible that's like mm. something oh, that's yeah. yours Ooh, right yeah, that's what I am mostly excited about because I don't think like I'm not going to MIT because I want to be rich. That's absolutely not me. Um, I know a lot of my friends who are going to like Ivy's and MIT and Stanford and stuff. They absolutely are going because they want to make a bag. But that's <laughs> not me. It's really just like having that experience under my belt, but like under my belt with like the people I know. But it's also like MIT, the way that they teach you is just like nowhere on earth like it's a culture where you're like like it's a it's akin to like a pressure cooker where you're stuffed in there with a bunch of other people with like a fuck ton of knowledge and then they just like turn up the like they just like remove the air until it's all just smashed into you guys and so like that experience alone was worth figuring all this out because like I don't actually 100% know if what I'm getting my degree in is what I'm going to go like work in so like Mm, my mentor who went uh she graduated MIT in I think like 2000 uh was it oh like 12 or 13 uh she went as like a chemistry major and now she's a lawyer in Beverly Hills doing entertainment law like there's yeah she she (laughs) yeah so can she represent me (laughs) (laughs) like do we get a friend so of the much. pod discount? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like there's so many different ways this can go. But like, I don't think she would have ended up that way without MIT along the side, even if that was a little like tangential. Because she did go from like, um, like IP law, I think, with like mm-hmm. tech stuff and then moved in that direction. But like, it's just. I think a really necessary like stepping stone to whatever you're trying to do. And it's definitely worthwhile to have that experience, but it's also not like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of when people like, unless there's like a strong desire to get out of like, to move up like socioeconomic situations like that. I completely understand. Like if they're alone in computers yes. that are majoring computer science because it's lucrative. Absolutely. But if you're just like upper middle class, like, or wealthy and you're going to school to make more money what the hell are you doing (laughs) well that's the I think that's like the removing yourself from the experience and the I like what you said about your degree being kind of like a responsibility to self and personal development in a way because Mm -hmm. it is like a oh well I'm challenging myself to continue to um, grow and have to ride, hold myself to a certain level and oh, all yeah. of those things that are required of you where I think if you are just being more, I'm going to use the phrase goal oriented, because I think that there are, there are instances where of course, yes, if you have a specific goal, then yes, you do need to be more deliberate about your choices and you have a thing that you're working towards as opposed to kind of letting the kind of letting the goal 
appear via the experience, I think is the kind of opposite way to do things, which is where like, I don't know what the thing is, but I'm doing this, this next step and then seeing what unfolds there. And I think they're just kind of right. two different ways of, of living a life. But I do think that there is a certain, like, when you don't need to, when, like you're saying, if, if, if you don't need to reach a certain goal and yet you are acting as if that is the thing, then you kind of are yeah. limiting yourself in a way, or you've, you've chosen to be, to stunt yourself in some, in some aspects because you have all of this opportunity available to you to really grow and, and hold yourself to a higher level that you aren't. This is, I right. wonder if you think that well, cause you have kind of a lot of Aquarius. Do you yeah. think MIT <laughs> is Aquarius? Because I kind of see a, a natural, I will say like a mapping over. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot about, like the Aquarius archetype, like how it was introduced to me when I was studying modern astrology and then what I've kind of gotten to understand about it. So traditional astrology is really very MIT because like it's a very unique space where they try to get as many different kinds of people in the country or the planet as possible. So everybody is completely different. Everyone has completely different experiences and different things they bring to the table. Um, and it's also just like very collaborative, like, it is, it's, like, we don't have rankings or Latin honors, like, everybody's degree says MIT and their course, and it doesn't, like, say, like, magna cum laude, or, like, there's no valedictorian, mm -hmm. like, everybody's, like, like, the D's get diploma thing is very literal, because your GPA does not matter very much, and everyone works together, so it's very not competitive at all, so I think, like, Aquarius is kind of that side of Saturn just wants to, like, hold everything up together like that Aquarius being like building as a community as a unit like um and I think also just like with the culture because MIT I think a lot of reasons why people who apply to like Ivy or elite schools don't pick MIT is because the culture is an acquired taste like everybody at MIT is a little bit weird um <laughs> there are there are degrees of that weirdness spectrum I think I'm on the very very farthest end um, oh, wait, which, <laughs> of which way? <laughs> farthest as in extremely weird okay. <laughs> compared to the people who are like, they don't do legacy admissions, but there are people who their parents went to MIT, like mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. people who are like into the older like MIT culture. And then the people who are like, let's completely shake it up every single year. Um, <laughs> but there is like everyone's some kind of amount of weird. And then just like the culture is very specific. So like there are a lot of ways that like we talk about MIT that other people wouldn't understand like we talk about our majors in numbers so like I'm going to be core six seven and everyone knows what that means if they're on MIT but other people don't like and then there's just like very like we're all just kind of immersed in our little bubble and so there's not really that like there's a lot that's I guess not really private but that we keep to ourselves like people don't totally know as much about MIT as they would think especially if their exposure is from news articles when MIT researchers discover something. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think like with Aquarius being that like kind of fringe, like, cause it, MIT is pretty separate from like, MIT is not even close to like a Stanford or a Harvard or a Columbia, um, especially not at all like Columbia. Uh, cause I went and I was not a fan but it's just, like, a very special place for a lot of people. And I think it's the kind of people who are willing to throw themselves into something and belong 
to other people, but then also in a way that's not typical for the kind of people that go to MIT. Like, like I guess, like, the most exceptional 18-year-olds in the world, like, there's just, it's a different kind of people than the ones who go to Ivy's. Well, it and sounds like I there's think, a humbleness that is required for true innovation that oh, is yeah. required to go to a, a learning environment like that with without the letters, without the things like that, that it is like, no, we're here to like learn and invent well, something and dedicate ourselves to that. It, well, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. it doesn't make you competitive for that angle, but also that kind of not showing really how you work too, I think, because I don't think, I don't think of Aquarian energy as being like, exciting news I'm getting this thing and wait till fall 2020 I think they want to show you at the end like I feel like it's very like yes I'll show you my behind the scenes work once I show you the final product oh but yeah. I'm not gonna like dare show like don't watch me work I feel like fixed energy doesn't want to be seen in mm -hmm. process like it wants yeah. to just be seen as once it's complete and I think that's yeah. um that kind of like registers in this yeah secret yeah but kind of yeah, there's a lot of reason. There's a lot of things that MIT does specifically that don't really make sense why they do it different than other schools until you've already done it and you're like, oh, so like there are no first year dorms. Like first years are just put into the dorms with everybody else, and the dorms aren't sorted by like you're not randomly assigned a dorm. There's like a culture. Like you pick your dorms, and then your dorms kind of pick you back, uh, just because there's a specific culture that they want you to fit in on. And then when you get to that dorm, then they sort you into a hall, which the halls have their own little subcultures within the dorms. So they're like more like they're actual like living communities. Mm -hmm. So like that's different. And then um, basically like you only get like one homework assignment a week in a lot of the science classes, and they're called like P sets. And so like that being different from like having an assignment every class uh, that would only take you like a few hours like this thing will stress you out for an entire week it forces you to interact with other people and like so there's like PSET groups where you're just you like literally if you try to do your homework by yourself you would unnecessarily stress yourself out whereas at other colleges you're kind of expected to get your own work together like yeah there'll be study groups there'll be group projects at MIT, everything has potential to be a group endeavor. So, I like, love it. I kind of, I do kind of like, yeah. love that. Well, yeah, it's, that's I more, I know. I love this and it's, that's what, this is what I mean of like when that I look back on my That would be my ideal homework own. style, honestly. Like one, yeah. I'm already stressed enough. So like, give me well, one thing to stress about rather than like six little things. Oh, yeah. It's right. more indicative of how life actually works, I think, too, or how how um, life can be leveraged in a better way, which is, like, if you get a job, it doesn't matter what job you're doing, the likelihood that you are solely responsible for, like, this thing and also your performance is determined by just you and my thing. And, like, no, you're not evaluated as an individual in that same way. And I like this idea, too, of the kind of, more like value-based categorizing as opposed to this thing where it's like, yeah, a bunch of people could go to a school and not at all have the same, it's like this uh, um, imposed kind of similarity as opposed to actually like, oh, well, do, oh, you like this kind of thing as opposed to like, uh, oh, we all have in common because we're a first year, but I actually have way more in common with these people because of the things that they are interested in and what they value as opposed to like, oh, we all just happen to show up at the same time. We have nothing in common. Yeah. Why are we, not to say that people shouldn't still kind of get to know each other and, and meet people who are different from you, but I like that idea of encouraging those kinds of, like that 
categorizing and and melding. Also, yeah. Well, it's not an also. This is a. By the way, just curious, just because we've had little mentions of your Gemini rising. Curious if you just want to speak on what's up with Gemini risings. What should we know? <laughs> what should we know about Gemini rising people in our lives? And of course, you know this is broad strokes, right? Like everyone's going to be different with, from their chart and life experience yeah. and all of that. But what should we? What do you, Dion, want our listeners to know about Gemini rising folks in their life? Yeah. So I don't want to toot my own horn too much. <laughs> uh, Toot, so toot, baby. Beep, beep. We're, yeah. We toot and beep well, over here. Yeah. Well, the first <laughs> thing I noticed about Gemini Risings is that their demeanor is so dependent on the sign their Mercury is in. I think sometimes more than other, um, like, I would say even sometimes more than, like, Leo or Cancer Rising. Like, Mercury is really, uh, I think, the sign it's in is, like, extremely impactful. Because I have a friend um, who... She's also a Gemini rising, but she has a Mercury, like her Mercury's in Pisces. And like that being a mute sign, she is so quiet. Like she's mm. very introverted. It is hard to pull her out of her room. And then there's me where my Mercury is in Libra, which um, being so close to Venus, I'm just like flirty and loud and always in people's faces wanting to connect with people. So I think that, but what, like what we have in common, I think is this kind of magnetism that other people like, we it's very easy to be like like attracted to a gemini rising like immediately like it's one of those things where you just know like oh okay this person is gonna be someone i really enjoy talking to like it's kind of like a it, it just like lights up an area of your brain where it's like whoa i kind of want to figure out what they're about and i think if you wait like three seconds you'll figure it out because they'll tell you, <laughs> you know <laughs> like i think it's just with gemini risings there are people that will, like, I think compared to, like, Virgo Risings, which are also ruled by Mercury, Virgos are a lot more low-key than Geminis. Geminis, you will know how fast and quick and gossipy and loud and, like, you'll understand that energy as, like, not volatile, but a little, like, not unstable in a negative way, just, like, kind of like that ball of energy that's going and going whereas Mer like mercury on the virgo side is more controlled with those spurts like well volatile in the very like chemical sense of like yeah. it's reactive to the things right. not not dangerous but yeah like, reactive quick like that. yes yeah and so i think like it's i think it's hard for a gemini rising to be around people that they struggle to adapt to or like struggle to fit in with I think that like it's even if like the Gemini rising is in a room full of people that are nothing like them like let's say like they walk into a club of golfers and they don't give three shits about golf and they probably think that like that land should go back to native people anyways you're still going to be able to find a commonality it's still going to blend like Gemini is very good at I guess disseminating in a way that stays true to themselves but also like can find something for everyone else in the room like it's just I really think that we're uniquely able to kind of figure out social nuances that might take people a little faster to get like just mm -hmm. being very um like you said like reactive to other people's little quirks and just 
filling in that gap of like, okay, they're over here and I'm usually here. Like, let me just zoop right up there. Like, we're just, I think, pretty good at that. So also if you're ever in a group project with the Gemini Rising, you're going to be straight. Just make them do all the talk. <laughs> I love it. Well, because it is, it's my, I'm a big Gemini advocate and I do like this kind of like reframing of the idea of it being reactive in that way because it is like, oh, well, what can I work with? Like, and what can I uh, combine with and how do we do this? So it's not, as opposed to Virgo, which is that like digestive breaking down, which is like, how can I change this? How can I make use of this is different than how do I pair with this and like respond and build and how do we like make a reaction together? Yeah, right. Like Gemini is very like come as you are kind of sign. I think like we can work with you as you are, whereas Virgo, I think, is going to be a little bit more thought- methodical about how can I adjust this to go with my plan, whereas Gemini is like, my plan is dependent on what's in front of me, you know, like, I uh, think a bit, a teeny bit more, like, usually you think of Virgo as a resourceful one, but that's because Virgo knows how to tinker, Virgo knows how to change things to fit their idea, whereas Gemini is like, I'm just going to shove this shit together and see what happens, and it's probably going to work because I've done this a few times before, you know? I love Tinker. Virgos do tinker, don't they? Just a Virgo. I'm just thinking Virgo editor. Like, tinker. Oh, yeah. It's more controlled. I have a lot of Virgo rise friends that are um, engineers. Uh, (laughs) We're going into engineering. Well, and it's more like, it's more thoughtful of I'm tinkering. I'm I'm thinking I'm changing this one detail and I'm changing this one part of the formula, right? Where Gemini's like, I don't know. This is like, I guess, the formula today. And maybe it's a different. Form. I don't even know if that, that would even go that deep, I guess. It's just like, this is what's happening in the yeah. now. And in, for me, when I think Virgo, Virgo energy is like, yeah, I think just way more. And maybe it's that earthly in one's own body rather than out in the ether that is just like, can feel those reactions a little more strongly, it, like in their guts, in their self. Like, it's just more like, I feel this more where Gemini is like, well, I feel everything, so who cares? Like, who really cares? Yeah. Like, I'm already going almost through all the like, motions. Yeah, there's almost like it's so much that after a while it's just kind of like numb and you expect to feel something, but there's just so much feeling that you can't really pinpoint it exactly. Like, I <laughs> I think, because like Virgo, I think it's easier to zone in on like the nuances of like what's going on and being able to separate it. Because Mercury is really good at like not severing in the Mars way, just slashing shit, but more just like compartmentalizing. Whereas Gemini is kind of like, I will organize everything into one big box, you know, <laughs> instead of a few little ones that are organized. It's just, hey, they're all together in one big box. Just dig for what you're looking for. <laughs> yes, I love, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I'd we... one, maybe, maybe one, I don't know if this will be quick and it doesn't have to be quick, but I'm curious as to they think, I feel like I've been seeing a trend or a, um, maybe not its resurgence, but I feel like I'm feeling more Hellenistic traditional energy and people leaning in more to that. And what I'm noticing is younger astrologers, which is, it's so interesting to me that like this younger group of astro people are embracing this like way more like older vibe, you know, like it just is, it's like, how ironic, but, um, I'm curious of like why why did that um, call to you or why is or why is it calling to you or if or if you're figuring out if it is really fully calling to you but what why traditional like why is that as why is that hitting for you? Well, for me specifically, I think how 
precise the potential is for the delineations, how everything is very clear cut, how they've been mm. working on this for centuries. And we're finding all these texts where they've already done things that like if we're thinking about something, it's likely that they already had that situation. So it's very easy to get bit, uh, more precise delineations. And I think for me personally, it's me wanting to deviate from the idea of astrology being the same level as like mediumship or psychic like I don't mm. want people to think that I just intuitively have a gift and I just can pull it out of me and be accurate because mm. that to me is not possible I need dots to connect I can't conjure the dots myself um and I also think that like there is just so like I think traditional astrology is a lot simpler which sounds weird because traditional astrology is very complicated and modern astrology does that have that association with like the 12 letter alphabet where it seems like it just makes everything so easy if there's this like if Aries is equated to the first house like it seems like it's more bite-sized which mm -hmm. I think bite size is better to explain learning modern astrology and traditional but I think that like with traditional it's there you're not going to get confused uh because there's a very there's always one right answer like there are different influences that can do similar things but for the most part, you can find one right answer, which is why modern astrology isn't used very widely for horary. Like horary mm -hmm. is like classical astrology, like Renaissance, because they're very specific, clear cut. So I think with me having like a logical brain and just also not being very confident in how well I was able to bullshit, um, <laughs> like digital astrology was like something that I just felt comfortable with because there is more structure or I think. Mm -hmm. maybe not that totally makes sense well maybe not bullshit but I'm curious because I think there's you know such a wide again spectrum range of people in right. astrology that do um, identify more with like I intuitively can really pick up on this right. chart do you okay. do you have do you find are you an intuitive psychically person or are you very like straight up, straight up I'm looking at the map of the fucking stars and this is what this is the information I'm receiving from them yeah so not to say that like all intuitive astrology is bullshit but it would be bullshit coming from me because I don't have that gift I think a lot of times like I freak myself out because I'll ha I'll predict things but like I'll predict things like two minutes before they happen and be like oh shit or like with my <laughs> friends I'll give them advice and then, like, a few months later, they'd be like, hey, this exact thing happened. I'd be like, oh, I told you so. But I think that, like, those little bits of, like, maybe that is a budding intuition in me. Like, maybe that'll get stronger and I'll actually be able to tap into a, like, more accurate version of intuitive astrology. I just think where I'm at right now, uh, if I were trying to just feel and get a sense of what the chart was doing instead of having a predetermined structure, knowing the trends and everything... Out of my mouth, it would be bullshit. Mm. Okay. You know, like, no, and that's, out yeah. of my I mouth, I would be making too many assumptions that I couldn't back up. Not, I couldn't back them up intuitively, nor uh, experience, like, or nor I, like the archetypes itself. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah. think that we also give um, a little. We put these kind of gifts, I think, on a pedestal as people, where it's, I think, and especially like the way that they're represented in film and television where it's this idea of like a full vision comes to someone and they can see everything that's going to happen in order or whatever where I think yeah. some of the the gifts that we're given as people are things that 
people who don't believe in spirituality also ha- like believe it like yeah. things like mm-hmm. reading a room or being able to quickly determine who's in charge at like like one of the things I know that I'm really good at is like I know who is like in charge of I work in restaurants but like I know who's in charge of the table or whatever when we're sitting down to eat I know who's gonna be like the one talking to the server the most or whatever so I think like some of those things are social gifts and some of them are like like we said like knowing things a little bit before they happen or reading things very like having an intuition of reading a transit and saying I think this is where this is going some people have a very clear mind in those ways and some people are a little more cloudy on them and I think that we we kind of um maybe block ourselves off from having and and like growing some of those things in ourselves because we think what they're supposed to look like is this big uh you know Miss Cleo or or crystal ball or whatever kind of um thing mm-hmm. well and I think oh, yeah. I think it's a good like reminder for anyone interested in astrology listening to this because I think yeah there's going to be people the intuitive people who are drawn to it are going to be drawn to it and you know that's great but you don't have to be intuitive to understand astrology like you can look at it from that very traditional roadmap sort of place and again with with learning and reading and practice and and talk I think talking to people really helps in learning with especially with astrology of just like even hearing your take on Gemini risings like that just gave me like I can now look at my mom through very new glasses you know what I mean like it like that gives me some insight and it's that's the fun of social sharing and the social science of it all but I think it's a good reminder that not being intuitive or not being psychic-y leaning or water signing or whatever the hell you are like isn't like you can't participate in this arena like you everyone astrology should be like this super inclusive space and I think that's even going back to CoStar it feels so like wow where they get this and it's like well you should be able to tell me where you got that from you really should be able to say what like transit you're like pinpointing this to there should be at least a drop down come on like at least a quick like Especially if they're generated by an AI, which personally, I believe the AIs are not equipped to do astrology or no, any no. kind of period. Uh, so, like, an AI would be exceptionally easy to show where the AI got this from because, like, machine learning is not the same as intuition. Like, maybe well, it it's seems, a robot okay. version of intuition, but it seems tailor made for that where it would just say, like, Mars plus sixth house transiting this or whatever like it it already is set up for math to say that these are what they are like these are the combinations that we got this explanation from okay whatever (laughs) i have we should just remake it (laughs) and it might be offensive Uh. but (laughs) not in a way that whatever you'll see what i'm saying um and since you're going to mit i think you could help me launch this app but it's basically co-star with bible verses i feel like we could sell this it's just generated by an AI. It's not, we won't have to like actually work on it or be in the world of Christianity, but I do feel like people would buy this. Whoa. Absolutely. Kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like Sprinkle of Jesus, like what that app. Where just, oh, I think that that might be a, like a black thing. Um, Wait, but, but <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, what is know, Sprinkle like, of yes. Jesus? <laughs> it's an app. I think, I think it's, I think it's probably most 
wildly popular among like younger black women, but it's this app where it like gives you um, like, I don't know if they're totally all Bible quotes. Cause, I mean, I've never downloaded it, but I have seen people screenshot their sprinkle of Jesus stuff all the time, but it's like Whoa. Uh, Bible quotes or like little advice things in the realm of co-star, but definitely not like astrology background. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it is like little tidbits of like kind of like your apps giving you like life advice. And I think it, you could potentially do something where you generate like those kind of ideas based on maybe like something simple like moon transits. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I'm, really I'm, fast. But, I'm not in the world of Christianity. I just do feel like Christians buy stuff. That was my <laughs> why yes. I thought it would make money. <laughs> oh, well, and it could, yeah. you could be, I like that in terms of the accuracy in, because that is the thing that distinguishes between the two where it's like getting the right verse at the right time, which would right. feel like divine. It, right. Wait, this and is used to say it isn't. This is co-star is, though. I'm looking now. But like, you should. But, it's oh bur- really? Like one of the oh, things I already caught my idea. Okay. One of the things says, don't right. worry. Sometimes everything is going wrong for all the right reasons. I mean, that could hit really well. Yeah. Like pretty mm-hmm. much at any hour. That's the, of pa- the day. and the pattern. Yeah, like, it's more. <laughs> yeah, the pattern. The pattern stresses me out because one, the paragraphs too long, and my attention span's <laughs> not set up for that. But also, it'll be like a whole little essay, and then. They won't explain the transit. Exactly. No, they never do. <laughs> I'm like, why is this? Why is this accurate? Where is this coming from? And then I have to like do my own digging, and sometimes I don't find anything, and I'm like, well, where I, the hell did they I, get this? I am like, where do they get this? Because it is not yeah. clearly astrology, but it's presented like it might be. But also, I don't think it is. Like the stuff they bring up yeah. doesn't necessarily always correlate with like the what transits. you would what the, the transit, what you would expect. Also, I think another market we could hit is Facebook t-shirt wine mom culture. Like <laughs> sure. that if we are feel yeah. if we want to lean into the, you know, the Capricorn millennial exploitation, buy those condos. That's the market that's the that's the route we can mm-hmm. go. I get like yeah. here I, for it. You know, make that 17k a week on like wine run repeat moon ask my wine sign or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody write these down. These are trademarked. <laughs> should we play, um, should we play we do, our little yes, game? We do have a game and then we'll let you go. Um, we do play this with all of our guests. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. You're very young and cool. Uh, it's fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. And these are all going to be people with uh, similar placements to you. Yes. Ooh. So that's if, Thing. Also, I didn't even realize when I was pulling this up, I was like, these sound familiar. I was like, oh, Jericho Mandibar is, was, is, was. Our last guest was Scorpio Sun Aquamoon. And I was like, of course, like all these cool astrology, <laughs> mystic people, all the Scorpios again. But I pulled some new people. And if you have to Google image them, by all means. First, I want to share, you did have one big three share that I could find. So we'll play two rounds. One round with your sun and moon people. The next round with your sun and rising people. But the only big three share I found for you was Margaret Atwood, which I was like, yeah, oh. yeah. and I was cool. like, okay, okay, groundbreaking that, novels. That is interesting. Because like The Handmaid's Tale, I knew it was fucked up for several reasons, but I couldn't stop watching it. Oh, like I yeah. could it's like, I can't wait for, I just want to know. But what's sad is, and this is no spoiler if you're up to date, it's almost like more inspiring than the current political situation of right now. Yeah. Like, that's the yeah. tough pill to swallow with, like, Handmaid's Tale at the moment. You're like, oh, 
seems like it's maybe their kid. Okay, I won't spoil. Anyways, first up, we have some Scorpio Sun Aqua Moons. Real random hodgepodge here, but we have Neil Young, Roberto Benini, and okay, <laughs> and Taryn Taryn Manning. I'm sorry, I didn't want to repeat any Scorpio Sun Aqua Moon people. Some of the more popular people, we didn't really get this okay. round. I'm so sorry. Okay, but Roberto Benini is a pull. Yeah, g- okay, give a here's the thing. Give a little Don't Google. I never know who any of them are, but I do know who Taryn Manning is. I do know Taryn Manning, but who's the second one? Roberto, Roberto Benini. Benini, Italian Thanks. actor, Oscar winner, B-E-G-N-I-N-I. famously N I N I. Before I do not think that Life Is Beautiful came out when you were born. I think it was before you were born. Um, but, okay, you do realize that like him and Neil Young like have this. They look extremely similar. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like uh, Roberto okay. Benini was like fun he, fact. Stood on the Oscar seats when yeah, he won the Best Picture. He had climbed, a charming, very like silly, whimsical moment. And then he Neil, climbed over everyone. Okay, it and was Neil, very beautiful. Neil Young. I have to share this quick Neil Young story because I saw Neil Young with my mom like right before I moved to LA. First time I smoked pot with my Gemini Rising, Sag Moon, Virgo ass mom. We have the same fucking voice when we're high, which was scary as all shit. And. We're watching Neil Young. He does all the classics, Cinnamon Girl, like Old Man, like all the 70s protest songs like you could dream of. And then he has a set change and he's like, it's his new album time. And he's a huge environmentalist. So his whole album called like Monsanto was all dedicated to Monsanto. So in Neil Young's voice, he'd be like, Monsanto, you must go. And this was like singing about, it was so bad. And then he also had, like, people dressed in hazmat suits pouring watering cans that said Monsanto onto flowers oh that then God. were animatronically would die. Die? Was, no. Um, so that's a little background of where Neil's at now. So that's very All right. Dramatic. Very dramatic. I'm gonna, I'm going to fuck Roberto Benini. Okay. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to kill Taryn Manning and no. Oh my God. No, I'm not. I can't believe I even started this. Someone else go. I'm thinking. I'm going to marry Neil Young and I'm going to fuck Taryn Manning. And And I'm going to kill Roberto Benini. I don't know why, but I don't know anything about Roberto. And when I saw his photo, though Neil Young's the ones that come up are pretty bad too. When I saw Roberto's, I was like, Something about this is fake, and I don't like it. Mm. Dion, what are we feeling from this trifecta of Scorp Sun, Aqua Moon, Moony Moons? So this is extremely pushing the bounds of my sexuality. (laughs) 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 I have to get immensely creative to visualize this for myself (laughs) in any regard. Uh, But the easiest one is fuck Taryn Manning. Yeah. just because crossroads sure it just makes sense and then i'd probably marry roberto benini and then kill new kill new young okay he had a great career like he will be remembered (laughs) i know that's why i'm like i kind of want to kill i kind of want to kill neil young i just Um, can't i just but i also can't i know i'm i'm not killing i'm gonna gonna stick i'm gonna stick with what i said i'm killing taryn manning sorry um it's a game i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna fuck roberto benini he seems like fun and i'm gonna marry neil young okay i'm gonna marry neil young Hopefully just so it's like a triple marriage with Daryl Hannah, because I think that would be, th- this is sure. like long game strategizing. And I know 
this man has some speaking of land ownership he's out in like montana they're like yeah, he's got a cool corn like they're just having a cool ranch time cool ranch dorito um yes. well fuck probably taryn manning i just i've enjoyed her over the years that i'm i like when i when she pops up i'm like hey taryn and then um <laughs> and then i'm just gonna i feel no connection to roberto so it's just and i'm very venus like that so he's just gonna go he's just gonna go all, All right. right. Next All right. round. Scorpio Rising. Sun, Gemini Risings. All right. This, like, what these cast, this cast of characters I'm just obsessed with right now. We've got Gordon Ramsay, RuPaul, and Kelly Osborne. Oh my God. This is the hardest. Wait. Gordon Ramsay's Gemini Rising? Alleged. Uh, qu- rising signs on the internet oh. for celebrities can be fishy. But I've multiple yeah. places pointed to a Gemini rising. Damn. And if it's not, if you're, if you're screaming at home and he's not, we're still playing with him. Because come on, like this is Gordon Ramsay. This seems fun. And he's charming. I could see Gordon as a gem rising. You guys, this is the hardest Wait, who is the last one? Kelly Osborne. Kelly this is so Kelly hard. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, committing, I'm committing like femicide. I'm sorry okay, to commit so much femicide in these rounds. I mean, it's, it's okay. a game. Dion, it is a hype. Of, everyone your... is in. We're high vibration. Everyone is fine. You know, this is this is <laughs> yes. This is a game. All right, Dion, this was the easy me. one. This was very easy to me um, because okay. I love watching nightmares, and I think RuPaul is a raging transphobe. So RuPaul's got to go. Bye, Ru. I'm marrying Gordon Ramsay, and then I'll fuck Kelly Osborne just because that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is. How the cookie crumbled. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Kelly's hot also. Like, just going to put that oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset about it, you know. It's just... <laughs> it worked out. I it. think I want to copy your answer. Yeah, it's a good it's I think good I want to copy your answer. I just, I love Gordon Ramsay. I love when he, I mean, this is not what I, people should love about him, but when he made that woman say that. The shit, I'm a stupid sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. I'm a idiot sandwich. That is like. The funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I know that's a horrible thing to do to a human being, but like I can't get enough of it. But Gordon's on I a just, show. I really, he knows what's up. Yeah. Like he's yeah. it's putting on a show. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy how he just like gets people together in a really short amount of time. Like I value that so much. Because Kitchen Nightmares, isn't that like a week? And then he has that like twenty four hours show, like twenty four hours the hell and back, back, whatever. Like, I work. That's the, this is this is my life every week. I work <laughs> working in a restaurant. Very, it's a I very work. small amount of time to just I work. get people like get their shit together. I worked on twenty four <laughs> hours to hell and back, and from what I hear from people on the ground, that Gordon is the nicest, friendliest. Yeah, it's a persona. It's one hundred percent for sure for the show, and that he's actually like just a stand up person. Not to influence yeah. anyone's upcoming votes in this round, but I'm just letting you know. No, I think that that's right. I, I do that, want to talk about RuPaul because RuPaul has been the biggest disappointment of late. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't we don't have time to talk about RuPaul today. We've covered a lot of ground, but I do think that now hearing these reasonings, there is sometimes you play around and there's like a right answer, and I think that Dion, you have discovered like the right answer for this one, <laughs> and so like, I am gonna I am gonna follow suit and say that this is. Is the the choice that I make. I, I'm I'm yeah. right there with you. Um. Also, wait. Are you marrying or fucking Gordon? Just to clarify. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna switch. I am gonna switch a little. I'm gonna fuck Gordon. I'm gonna marry Kelly Osborne because I want to be in the family. Got, okay. So that, you're, okay. That's that makes sense. I'd like to marry Gordon. I think. Just 
long, I, every day, nice food. I guess Kelly could cater up, but I want to, I would fuck Kelly. Kelly's hot. Lower fuck. <laughs> I think also We're just being married, up. being married to Gordon Ramsay and having to, knowing that he like not lives a double life, but like knowing that it's a persona and having people like be so hateful of his persona and then having to like, no, but like having to prop up their persona, but also tend to him at home. It, that's a lot of emotional labor and Ooh, I don't want to do it. Here's that, a, I want to like a lot. Yeah. Here's also a quick <laughs> question. Cause I think we've been learning this and I think it astrologically is appropriate when we say Mary and fuck oh, yeah. is in your mind is fuck one time. And in marriage, we include fucking right. Or what is, what is your thoughts of like, when you hear Mary fuck and kill, like, what, and obviously kills like hypothetical like they don't exist in our they're gone like goodbye like that's where right I think I think the fuck to me seems like a like a hookup kind of situation but then the marriage is like fucking optional you know because if it's okay. an arranged mm-hmm. marriage there's there's because of course it would be an arranged marriage there's no obligation inherently to fuck them unless okay. there's like heirs to be made or whatever <laughs> I, I, I yeah. have the same rules but some people do think that it's fucked forever yeah, yeah that's what we recently found out that they were like oh i thought fuck in perpetuity and that really blew our minds because i agree i agree i think it's a one and, and done just, versus that's a that's fuck, fuck, kill. That's yes just, that's fuck, exactly fuck one Thank more you. time it's kill thank you <laughs> that is a good one fuck forever Dion, we forever truly kill. we truly could talk to you for fucking ever thank you so much for for coming on this was so much fun yeah. um where can people find you on the internet obviously we'll put links in there but where would you like people to find you on the internet yeah sure okay so easiest way to like actually interact with me is on twitter i'm at astro by Dion. i also have instagram but i hate it so uh, tread carefully. That's also at Astrobydian, <laughs> and I have a website, Astrobydian.com. It's all really simple. Um, yes. And yeah, so my website is a little like a work in progress right now because it's like not currently accepting clients, but it's been that way for a few months. But I am anticipating taking on some consultations in Ooh. the fall once I get settled with college stuff. So okay. yeah, it's really yes. Set your yeah, calendars so- now, babies. Get a little, you know, mm-hmm. get ready. Sign up fun like follow Dion all the spots. Twitter, you won't regret it. Also, yeah, heads up. I did follow you on Instagram today and yeah, you know, I was like, it's like, oh, yeah. how did you end up here, bitch? And I was like, I love that this Instagram was like, just like what you just said, a be warned. But so appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it all around. But yeah, this was again. Please come Thank back. You please so come much. back on the yes. pod. Yes, we'll absolutely yeah, have to have you back. Um, absolutely, this was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.